Welcome to Yippie Kaye Classic. How's it going, everybody? Good. Good, hi, Ralph. Good, Good week. All right. Uh, first week without Wojo and Brad feels yep. a little funky, but we'll try to get through it. We'll muddle our way through. Yes. Um, this is a classic, so uh, Drew brought a film to the table. I'm Ralph Quattrucci, by the way. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Drew Gould. And I'm Chris Coker. All right, we got through the introductions. That's yeah. nice. I almost I forgot. We were, I didn't think we were going. I thought I almost forgot. forgot. Yeah. You know, I got I got caught up with the world. Yeah. Well, you're thinking there. about the wheel. That's why. All right, but like I said, Drew is going to bring bring the movie tonight. We won't mention it until I mean we know yeah. what it is based you're, on the title. You did, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, but we'll do a little round of what you watch. So let's start with John. What did you watch this week? Okay, well, I watched for the first time ever. I've only seen clips from it. Barbarella. With James Fonda. Oh, I saw that was on. Never seen it. I've only seen clips from it. Um, Now, I've never done drugs in my life. I think it's a movie that you have to do drugs to watch to really appreciate it. But I will say, I do not like Jane Fonda. I think she's a horrible human being. She was smoking in that movie. She was gorgeous. That's big Um, of you. The way way they shot her, her husband, Vadim, did it. Uh, What a weird crazy psychedelic obviously late 60s movie um but it was uh i watched the whole thing it was it was tough to get through because it was so off the wall and goofy but uh i'm glad i finally got to see it jane fonda she was gorgeous back then whoa she gorgeous so anyway that's what i watched so do you recommend it um i if you if you want psychedelic 1960s cinema i would absolutely watch this movie because it was a prime example of it you know uh, it was uh, it was nuts it was nuts right. oh good yeah, yeah you know a, a, a little side note to that um the the 80s band duran duran oh, yeah. took their name from the villain yeah yeah um, yep. duran duran and, and yep. uh, barbarella didn't it was based on a that. french comic book actually yes didn't i didn't know that dan, steely dan also take their name from barbarella or at least a comic oh really i have some laser on a comic book that far disc? back wow yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a graphic. It wasn't a, was it a comic book? It was more of a graph. It was a French graphic. Uh, I guess it was a comic book, but it was, it was a comic book. Yeah. But it wasn't I mean, like a, a U.S. comic book at all. No, it was French. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, I own it on Laserdisc. Uh, and I Have also, you watched it? No. And I also own all the Jane Fonda workouts on Laserdisc as well. <laughs> Those he does. <laughs> so that shows how much I like Jane Oh, wait Fonda. a minute. Clue. That's right. I keep forgetting. She's, Clue, she's, she's the jam. Your, always oh, I'll been. I'll tell you. And Barbarella. Oh, my God. I, I, I just mean as an actress, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I she was her. great in Barbarella. What an actress. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Drew, what'd you watch? So this week, um, I dove back into, and I really dove back in because once I started watching, we couldn't stop. Um, a show that I had watched um when it was on cbs the good wife oh yeah i love that show i had watched the first four seasons and then i don't know why i mean who knows various things happen you don't remember to go back so i never watched the rest of the show so we sat down and we started watching the fifth season um and we're almost finished the fifth season i think we started last week or last weekend or something and i mean it's just such a smart amazing show and um I knew that a certain character was going to leave the show in the season. I didn't know how that was going to happen. And it was pretty devastating and really well done. And uh, that made me turn to the show that had, um, well, the reason I got into The Good Wife was because we started watching The Good Fight, which is the spinoff yeah. show starring Christine Baranski's character, which is much more explicitly political. And throughout the entire run of the series so far, um, Every season has dealt with the real things that are happening in, in, in the news, in, uh, various, uh, political events and the insurrection, all this different stuff. And it's really incredibly well done. And then the other show that the same people do, Robert King and Michelle King came back and that's called evil. And evil is a fantastic show. And if the good fight is all about politics, evil is all about religion. And the episode that came back this week, they took a break for about a month, I guess, was completely silent, took place in a monastery, and it was fantastic. So anything that Robert King and Michelle King do at this point, uh, I'm in. And The Good Wife has been fun to visit, and there's more Good Fight and more evil coming. So 
If you okay. like really good prestige looking television, that's really, really good writing and smart. Good wife has a great cast yeah. too. Great. No, cast. Amazing acting. Yeah. Amazing. It must be. Are they all on, are they on network or are they on streaming stuff? Well, everything is on CBS. Well, not CBS all access. Everything is on Paramount plus now. So okay. evil was a CBS show that moved to Paramount plus the good wife was just a CBS show. That's now right. on Paramount plus and the good fight was one. I'm one of the first original shows that, um, that they had when they launched uh, the CBS all access, which is now Paramount plus like they had Star Trek discovery and they had this, the good fight going for some bigger brand stuff. And, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot more uh, Paramount plus than I thought I was going to. So that's kind of fun. Cool. Excellent. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Um, you know, I also started watching a new, t- well, this is a brand new TV show. I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, it's on Hulu. Uh, FX on Hulu, whatever that means. Um, it's Reservation Dogs. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's basically about a story of about four uh, young Native American folks in Oklahoma and their uh, just their teenage life and, and kind of how things are going. And they're they're definitely kind of on that edge of being criminals. You know, the opening sequence is them stealing like a guy's uh, snack truck and then selling it to a bunch of meth heads. But then they made a deal to keep the snacks that were inside the, Makes the, sense. the the chips. Yeah. So, but it's really good. It reminds me a lot of if any of you saw the the picture from the '90s called Smoke Signals. Um, oh God, great movie. Yeah, it's really good. There's actually another film in the '90s called uh, Dance Me Outside that's basically impossible to find anywhere. Um, not as good. Uh, not as good. Uh, but it's interesting because uh, it, it really it kind of captures that vibe. Uh, Smoke Signals I really liked because it was based on um, uh, Sherman Alexie's uh, grouping of short stories, for lack of a better term, called uh, maybe one of the best titles I've ever heard, The Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven. And it really has that vibe of, of just kind of life on a, on a reservation as kind of a outsider to some extent in your own world. Um, and kind of this weird moment where they certain things that they're keeping alive from their own tradition and it's, you know, and their own history uh, and, and, and how that kind of mingles with the modern world. It's uh, but so far I've only there's only been four episodes out there, half an hour each. So that's not a huge time commitment, but I really do recommend that show. It's really good. Is it funny? Is it a comedy? Yeah. Because the yeah, trailer well, I, I mean, saw look funny. Well, it is one of those things where there's definitely a lot of humor in it, but then there's also a lot of like, pathos and uh, you know um trauma and and what have you i mean it's just obviously it's hard to just have a real rollicking comedy when it's it's, it's a drama based on a on the modern you know yeah now that's created experience. by um the guy from from the shadows right uh, what's that director? yeah yeah uh, Tiki, what, Tiki, Tiki, yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So he's uh correct me if i'm wrong but he's like maori right he's from New yeah, Zealand. he's a maori jewish guy yeah Oh, wow, that's a that's a that's an interesting uh, mix there, and, which also bring well the moment you say Maori, you got to say you know once we're warriors. I was just like, oh that. god, that's a fantastic yeah. movie, and the sequel didn't yeah. uh, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be actually. But that guy's popping warriors, up in a lot of film. different places yeah. now. Yeah, the, yeah, he's he's a talented guy. Yeah, he's very he's really busy. Talented. Good. All right, Debbie and uh, Sean. Well, we Debbie and I didn't watch much together whole movies because you know just you know, moving in and out. We did watch one that was weird called Saratoga Trunk starring uh, Ingrid Bergman and um, Gary Cooper. What was weird about it is it's sort of a film that tried to follow like an evil woman trying to manipulate men and the good gone with the wind thing. But they had this English actress, um, Flora Robeson playing, playing the role of the maid in blackface really bad blackface too and this was 1946 you know so it was really kind of shocking and she was nominated for the oscar for it but that was really weird but one film that we did sit down and watch together other than dogma was um the prophecy uh gregory wyden <laughs> bad angel movie yeah and i tell you oh, what yeah. if you watch that you'll see a lot of what shows up in prophecy later I mean, up in like dogma later about the angels and their resentment. That's Christopher Walken in that one, right? Oh, yeah. The yeah. original one. Eric Stoltz. Yeah. Eric Stoltz and Christopher Walken. And Christopher Walken is always fun to watch. Yeah. But he's exceptionally yeah. fun to watch in this movie. You know, he's got a really white Sean, face. Sean, do you have a um, imitation of Christopher? For a while. I, I, no, I, uh, I don't. I, I wish I did. I, sometimes I can do it, but it's a hard one for me to do. I do like it. Adam Goldberg's in it too. There's a lot of 
There's a really good cast. Um, Vigio Mordenstein plays Satan. Jesus. You know, yeah. uh, Elias Coteus is in it as well. Yeah, who I am absolutely. anything with that guy in it, I'm I'm watching. So. Yeah, this yeah, is Crash. Absolutely fantastic. Um, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Film. Yeah. And, Casey Jones. Yeah, he was. You know, so if you Sorry, have, Sean, it, it is a horror movie. Now, did you watch that in conjunction with Dogma before Dogma? When did you we're watch all, that? We're all over the Bad Angels because we're all, all over Bad Angels. Were you doing? Was it research? <laughs> what were you doing? No, no, this is after. Any excuse. This is and, in, and this is afterwards. And what I, I what I was going to say is, I took a real deep dive into C.S. Lewis on YouTube, okay. and just one oh, it's just great just to see the guy, the oh, author of the Screw Tape. Uh, what was that one? Screw Tape. Screw tape, tape. But then, then he has doodles that he's made and explains a lot of what we're going to be watching, uh, what we're discussing tonight. Oh, good. Really? So, yeah. But right. I just want to say, any excuse I can get to show Debbie a horror movie, I always take it. Should have watched Legion. There's, there's a lot of really bad angel movies, yeah. you know. So yeah, bad, bad angel movies or bad angel movies. Michael Legion, with John Travolta. That was a bad angel. That's a bad angel. That's a bad film. That's yeah about angels. It's uh, it's no phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Legion. I like Legion. Legion. Back to back. Yeah. No. That's a good trope. Bad angels, good trope. Yeah, the one, the one bad angel that uh, cracks me up is when in the movie Dogma, they borrowed from uh, Maleficent and uh, how she she was going to lose her angel wings to get into heaven. That's yeah. not in the Bible. That's all conjecture from that movie. Well, I may, be picking, I may be picking an angel movie if my name comes up. And I tell you, it won't be in English. Oh, the Blue nice. Angel? The Blue Angel again? No, we've no, already. Oh, okay. Is it, is, it, uh, is it by Vim Vendors, maybe? It might be by Vim Vendors. That's be. a good one. That's a good angel. That's a good angel film. Unlike the American remake of that film. That oh, that's film. fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a bad angel. <laughs> what was that one called with Nick Cage? With Nick Cage. Dennis Franz and Meg Ryan. I think it's it City of called. Angels. I think that's yeah. City of Angels. And it was so much a ripoff, and it didn't even credit. It didn't even credit the Vim Vendors film, but it had like every plot point. Yeah, like, no, I thought that was a copy of that movie. Just American. it was a copy, but it was, was rented. Yeah, because that other one is fantastic. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. and it's black and white. By I've it. seen that. I've no, seen it. not entirely. of it. It I goes want, in color later, if you remember. I don't. I guess I don't remember. Yeah. It has more color uh, than Schindler's List, like, but that also has uh, that's that limit. All right, well, I guess I'm the uh, boy. I went pretty simple here. I I watched a uh, White Lotus on HBO Max. Oh, that looks fun. Which is a six part uh, series starring um, Jennifer Coolidge and um, uh, what's his name from that thing you do, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Uh, Connie Britton, Alexandra Daddario. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically it's a soap opera. Okay, it's a soap opera about a bunch of people visiting uh, a luxury uh, hotel. In, Was that uh, uh, in Nicole Kidman? Is that Nicole no. Kidman? No, that's no. Nine Perfect Strangers. That's oh. on Hulu. So it's six, like- it's six shows, about forty-five minutes to an hour each. You can you can stream it pretty well, pretty quickly. Uh, but the standout to me is a guy named Marty Bartlett, which I I've missed. Maybe I have seen him in other stuff, but he plays the guy who runs this thing, and it the whole show wraps around him and how he handles all the guests it's like i said it's basically a soap opera but it really plugs into a lot of stuff going on now and steve's on is always great and yeah, um, he's it, it, it's just a lot of fun it's just a, it's like you just shut your brain and watch it it's fantastic so a lot of sex in that not really because no. i heard i heard that that's like well if you like bridgerton or whatever which we didn't see no yet. no it's, I, I haven't seen bridgerton but i can there's not a lot of uh not a lot of sex in this one. Well, we're not going to watch it. Okay. Let me. Well, let me ask you because it's a Mike White show, yeah. and uh, Mike White has two different um, writing careers going. One is right. where he writes stuff like um, Pitch Perfect Three and School of Rock. School of Rock, right. fantastic. But he also writes stuff like um, I don't know if you saw the Laura Dern HBO show Enlightened, which yeah. is incredible but very hard to watch. And um, he did Chuck and Buck about. Uh, two uh boys remembering some pleasant times they had when they were kids and it's very different and so is the white lotus that kind of dark or no it's dark um it's it's all it's all driven by conflict uh family conflict and uh 
and uh, people's expectations and and uh, mixed signals and stuff. It's 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 just pretty. It's it's well done. Um, tapping into, like I said, tapping into stuff that's going on right now. Woke shit and a uh, uh, little slight racism because it's you know it's about pe- well it's about people going to Hawaii and how how those people have been exploited. It's it's uh, but it's wrapped in this fantasy about going to a fancy uh hotel for a week uh mike white also did some movie with ben stiller which i i heard uh somebody was talking about this show and they mentioned some film he did with ben stiller and i don't remember the name of it but it's supposed to be pretty good as well i don't know that one yeah uh it's a good watch i mean it's fun It's, it's six episodes it goes by really quick and you know like i said steve's on is always excellent yeah there is a stunt penis in there uh, Steve's nice. on how to wear a how to wear a uh, oh, oh. penis. Well, this, oh, this is a Mike White show. Yeah, um, uh, it's fun. Like anyway, you should check it out. Check it out on uh, HBO we are Max. Definitely checking out the stunt penis. Yes. Uh, every time I say Chuck and Buck, I see Chris. I see Chris smile because then he knows I'm trying hard not to chant, and I'm not going to chant. Don't chant. I don't want to spoil um, the movie. Yeah, um, so no, no, we don't want to do that. This writer yeah. of Lotus is much like the writer of today's movie. Who does dark stuff and then real, you know, happy Hollywood product? Or hey, my job. Well, let's get into it that's, right now. So, true. so Drew brought the film tonight, and the film is what Drew? What did you bring to the table tonight? The film is 2014's Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Rene Russo, written and directed by Tony Gilroy, who happens to be uh, Rene Russo's husband. Yeah, and this Ooh. is a tiny little movie that costs about eight million dollars and has a couple of big names in it because the script is that good. And it is one of my favorite things, as you guys know, which is a directorial debut that is very confident because it deserves to be. And I think it's a really excellent movie. I'm looking for a job. In fact, I've made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Who am I? I'm a hard worker. I set high goals, and I've been told that I'm persistent. And I'm thinking the television news might just be something I love, as well as something I happen to be good at. Now, I know that today's work culture no longer caters to the job loyalty that could be promised to earlier generations. What I believe is that good things come to those who work their asses off. And that good people reached the top of the mountain didn't just fall there my motto is if you want to win the lottery you have to make the money to buy a ticket you have to make the money to buy a ticket you have to make the money to buy a ticket you have to make the money to buy a ticket you have to make the money to buy a ticket By the way, I have Dan to apologize. Gil- Dan, I yeah, already, Dan Gilroy. Yeah, I already said Tony. It's his yeah. brother. There's three Gilroys. There's writers, directors, editors. This is Dan. Yeah, Dan Gilroy. Actually, when he gave Tony the script, he thought he wanted Tony to direct it. Right. He. I think he decided. Um, you know, he's written a lot of big movies um, that have done done very well, and I think he decided he wasn't quite ready. And I think this is this is one of those movies. I mean, it must have just fallen out of him because it's it's so rich and smart and. And it's really it's it's got its own thing going on, which is why I like it so much. It is deeper than Kong Skull Island. That's true. Is that a Gilroy script as well? That is. Yeah. He also films he writes when he's not writing this. He also wrote the story for one of my favorite films. When I uh, want to think about um, our place in the universe as people, as as family, it's called Real Steel with Hugh Jackman (laughs) with boxing robots. And um, I won't it's based lie, on I do love it. Sock of robots. It is, but it's got more pathos, and I connected with it more emotionally. <laughs> more yeah, pathos than the game. Yes, I'm going to throw this out here. Um, Kong Skull Island is better than it has any right to be. I remember seeing that movie on like That's HBO fair. and being like, "Wow!" And part of it is it's a terrific cast. I don't want to get off on that, but 
I remember just thoroughly enjoying that film as for what it was. Uh, and the way they shot it, you know, that whole Apocalypse yeah. Now thing with the and helicopters. you care a lot more about that protagonist than you cared about this protagonist. That's not true. But, uh, okay, give me, true, give us a little, uh, give us a true. little, uh, uh, you know, what goes on in the film, Drew? Right, so the film is, um, basically about uh, a man uh, named Lou Bloom, Louis Bloom. He's played by Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and he is kind of unusual. He's very intense. Jake Gyllenhaal lost, uh, I think, like 30 pounds. So he's pretty gaunt, not like uh, Christian Bale and the machinist gaunt, but he's pretty, or Matthew McConaughey gaunt, but he's pretty gaunt. And yet he doesn't look weak. He looks very, very intense because he's got those big eyes and he almost never blinks right. the entire movie. And uh, he essentially is uh, someone with, I would say he has no social skills later. I think it would be fair to say he's some kind of psychopath. Right. But he uh, wants to uh, earn money. That's it. It's very simple. He wants to find something he can do to earn money. And when you first meet him, he's doing things that aren't really working for him. And then uh, he comes upon a car accident and he finds um, Bill Paxson, not the actual actor, a character that's being played by Bill Paxson. Uh, he uh, is filming this uh, car accident. And essentially, Jake Gyllenhaal's character goes, oh, I, I think I could do that. And he does. And the movie just takes off. Well, he there. finds out he's filming for a new, he's like a stringer. He's a news stringer. So these right. guys go around and follow accidents and follow police reports. And they videotape the scene and sell it back to the news stations. Right. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Uh, it was actually so intense. I don't think I finished watching it. And I, I'm blanking on the title of it. But there was a show on Netflix that was a reality show. Just one season, six or eight episodes, where they followed these real guys around that do that. And, and it was insane. I mean, really, they're in the film. Insane. Those two guys are actually in the film. Right. I mean, they, they have if, uh, the, the I would say the movie feels very real because it does <laughs> as far as you know what I've learned about being a stringer and all that kind of stuff. But then when you see the real stuff, I don't I mean, I don't even know how you could make a movie that's that insane because uh, this, this is probably one of those movies where they thought of things where they said, well, we can't do that because people won't believe it. And some of those things have to be in um in that in the Netflix show. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, he's an anti. It's funny he's an anti-hero i mean he's not a hero yep. at all the guy's a scumbag <laughs> and he's a sociopath and what you you know the stuff he's doing at the beginning of the movie is petty crime you know he's, he's stealing fence literally fencing and copper and you know he jumps on that guy at the beginning to get his watch and um you know and he discovers it, but the whole thread is his 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 positive attitude about business and the way he just he rattles off business business strategies he, he read the sop on how to be a human yeah yeah that's the thing i think debbie's right he's not um he's not really being positive he's he's got no social skills at all and he's got this flat affect the whole movie yeah which makes him disturbing in almost wow. any interaction including when he's in a, in a mexican restaurant on a date that he starts threatening his date and you go wait as wow this guy is really as bad as he thinks he he is to me he's almost a perfect example of of an anti-hero as an anti-hero is the center of a movie it's not that he's heroic and then he does bad things he is he is completely goal oriented and he's so disconnected from his own humanity i think he i don't even know he does evil things for sure but i don't even think he fits on the spectrum of of good and evil like he doesn't think about morality at all He's amoral. So he's, yeah. yeah, he's amoral and he's ruthless because of that, but not because he enjoys hurting people, but because he wants to, he wants to earn money. Cause you know, if you, if you, if you want to win the lottery, you've got to buy a ticket. And like that, well, that whole thing drives his him. goals are nothing. It's his goals. Right. Are nothing. Yeah, but his goals good. are very specific. He's not telling yeah. you in the movie, I, I want a big house. I want a car. You know, this kind of stuff. He's like, it's all money. I'm going to earn money. This is how I figured out. Oh, he did spend it on a big, nice red car. Well, he's a terrible driver. So that alone, terrible driver. He's skilled at it, but I don't like that kind of driving on public streets. I I resented that. And he did most of his own driving. I read. Oh, did he really? I didn't see that. Well, we didn't. Let's talk. Let's talk about, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal plays the lead. Then you got Riz Ahmed as his. Yep. The kid he hires as an intern. And that interview, that interview he does in the diner is just, it's brutal. Brutal. But and it's I also guess very funny. Well, it is because funny. the original character was supposed to be like a druggie, like a kind of high kid all the time. And Raz, mm -hmm. I guess, came in and played it like he did, which is completely at his wits end. And he's, you know, afraid of everything and he doesn't have sad. a place to live. He played it sad. Played it sad. Yes. And his path, his, you talk about pathos, that kid, 
I mean, it's just I don't I don't know if you want to spoil this. It's kind yeah, of yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah, we can. Twenty fourteen. I think we can spoil it, Ralph. Okay. Okay. Um. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back. Yeah. Because I don't want to um, take the pleasures of the movie away from you. It's a weird like like I'm not definitely not rooting for for uh, his character, Jake Gyllenhaal's I lo- character. I like it at the end when Raz is when he's like, "You can move up. We're going to make you." And it's sort of like it's like, "Am I going to get a raise?" He goes, "Yes." How much? He goes, you tell me. And he's like, 150, 100, 100, 75. Yeah. And he goes, you, you got it. And yeah. he's like, I could have gotten more, couldn't I? Yes. Negotiations <laughs> are over though. Jake Gyllenhaal threatened so many people in this film without ever lifting a finger. It was yeah. all just talking to them, but he and also it- played them correctly. Well, he's yes, he played everybody. He got everything he wanted, including uh, the girl. I mean, he yeah. ends up it's it's off screen, but those two have a relationship outside of the relationship they have in the newsroom. Anyway, uh, John and uh, Chris, anything you want to? Yeah, I, one of the things I mean, I like this film. Um, you know, I, I have a couple of issues with it, and it's, they're they're just per, they're they're more you know personal. They're not like issues like I think it's a bad film or it was made poorly. Um, one of the things I, I think it has a sense of like, and it's okay for a movie to be like this. I just sometimes I think it has a sense of like inevitability about it. Like I, I didn't find myself surprised at almost anything that happened in the film. Um, and, and that's okay because that's kind of the character they set up, especially from, and I love the, the, the moment where he's selling the stuff he's just ripped off, you know, the, the, the stuff and he's selling himself like in this room, you know, he's selling years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And he's selling himself in this really positive way. And, you know, he's thought, I mean, I'm a really hard worker and I'm doing this. And the guy just looks at him and he goes, I'm not going to hire a thief. Right. And then it, it kind of clicks. Like it just, everybody in the, in the theater is probably everybody's watching the movie. It's like, yeah, he's not hiring you because you ripped off all this stuff. You know, he's not going to hire. So he may, he might buy stolen goods from you, but it's like, it was like, he goes, Oh, and it's like a little click in his mind goes off. And, and Gyllenhaal is brilliant. I mean, he plays this very well. And he has that kind of um, understated, like, tension, just constant. Like, you know, you, at, at any moment, he could just explode on you. Um, part of that is because you, you see him exploding on that uh, rental cop at the beginning of the film. But, um, you know, out of nowhere, he just attacks that guy who's just who's bigger than he is. You know, he obviously is not scared that way. But um, I love that opening bit where he's like, I'm not going to hire a thief. And it was like when you talk about his lack of social understanding, it's like he had to be physically he had to be told that because it he would not object have to it either. Mind. He realized. No, like, he like, yeah. Like this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he yeah. has he he's a rational in a weird way. He's like this. He's like this bizarrely rational guy. Like he's so rational. Like when he's talking to Renee Russo during that scene, he's just laying it out to her in mm-hmm. a very simple matter of fact. I am helping your business. Your job is on the line. That kind this of brutal. You need to, that's the thing just, about it. people can't handle brutal honesty like that. Like everything he was saying, including mm-hmm. the conversation in the Mexican restaurant about you got the lowest rated news thing this is why you need what we're doing you know and and, and how can it's hard to argue that and she's freaking out because she's you know one phone call away from getting getting fired so yeah yeah but it's the whole idea that like he is he's giving her this brutal honesty but he is using it in in probably one of the more despicable ways possible it's all despicable everything he does is i asked debbie if she thought that that would work on her while we were watching that scene she said no oh that that oh. approach wouldn't work on her. Yeah, you, you know, we got way too much information about your. Uh, so you are you using movies to woo Debbie. Haven't you already wooed Debbie? I mean, how much more wooing do you need to do? She needs to be wooed all the time. Constant wooing. And deserves to be. Constant. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. You're uh, a bad angel. I, I gotta say <laughs> this about that. I, you know, this guy is like thinking he's going to affect, I mean, in, in the real world, nobody's going to take that guy seriously. Uh, I don't know. Okay. okay. Really? You think so? Oh, I thought I, you were talking about me. I That's mean, true. Me. I mean, here this Russo, <laughs> Renee Russo is, you know, she already has, she's doing this thing. She's already there. She's not going to, but she's desperate. Yeah. But why? Here's the thing. Why, why would she be desperate? She, she's going to lose her, her job. Her ratings are down. They're going to lose her job. And, oh. and she figured out, I'm not. She did. She's she's a she's as just as bad as he is. 
culpable. But you know, yeah. the thing is, like the guy who 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 got the uh, stolen goods from uh, uh, Jake. You know, I mean, those two are culpable, but they 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 don't have to. You hear the music playing, but you don't have to dance. You know. Well, well, but that's the whole, also, thing. That's the whole point of the movie. I think coming into your field, and you're you're ex, you well, know, but that but that's the thing. that's the whole point of the movie is that people can do things that are terrible, but they can say I, I'm distant enough from this. Like I I just buy yeah. the video. I didn't go and and you know interrupt something as intimate as watching someone die or something like that. And that 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 kind of transactional nature of everything that is what he talks about. So honestly, that's what the movie is about. Even that's the one what the movie says that journalism is about today, a TV journalism. That's what the movie says this country is about and how we operate. I mean, you always see every few years yeah. an article comes out that says, Oh, most CEOs are psychopaths. Well, I mean, that's what this movie is about that he's unblinking. He's merciless. He, he well, triggers yeah, dread everywhere he, he goes. But here's one thing about the Renee Russo character. And I just want to say it was good to see her again. Yeah. Cause this is the first time I'd seen her in a theater movie in a while. And I always enjoyed her performances. And yeah, she's great. And all. So it was yeah, good. It was good to see her again. And that she's married to the director makes a lot of sense. And I thought she was fabulous. And she looked beautiful. And, but the thing is like her character, she's like on the lowest rated station in Los Angeles. That means she could go to the top rated station. Practically anywhere else in the country. You know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. though she was the she was the low dog in Los Angeles, she'd be the top dog. Yeah, but hold on a second. Nobody nobody that comes up through that business says, I made it to LA. I, I really want to go back to Peoria. Yeah. yeah like that's yeah. just yeah. not the that's <laughs> not the direction. I, you that's know, not the direction that anybody leaving, in this movie is moving. People are leaving California in droves. Yeah. Yes. But, not, but they're, but they're not, they're not leaving because they want to be the top dog somewhere else. They might be leaving for other legitimate reasons. But if she yeah. loses her job, it's because right. she doesn't, she hasn't met the numbers. Yeah. And Jake, no, they don't explicitly I, I show them having sex. But Jake Gyllenhaal basically says, give it up and I'll give you what you need. And that's that very threatening. Well, that last scene, scene with the two of them, it. that last scene is the sexiest scene in the whole movie. It is. Yeah. With the, where they're, where they're whispering in front of that last mm-hmm. video that he brought. You see the profile on those two. It's like, Oh my God, they definitely had sex yeah. somewhere. I mean, it's, because it's, that's, it's a, totally, that's what it is at the end of the day. That's yeah. What's, that's what they all, they all got what they needed except the one kid who, who didn't, uh, his, his partner, John, uh, you didn't like the film, I guess. Or no, it, it's not that, <clears throat> it's not that I didn't like it. Um, uh, I thought his performance was, was really good because he cre- I think the character was a sociopath. Um, yeah, totally. I think right away they um, let you know that this is an um, unlikable, unredeemable character because he starts off by trying to rip off a fence. Then he mugs a guy. Then he steals a bicycle to sell it. So, you know, the guy right away is a con man and a crook. So with all his positive talk and stuff, uh, you know what it was really like. And the thing that bothered me about this movie was not his performance, which I thought was brilliant. I really did. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I I hated his character to the point that I never have wanted a lead character to die so much as I wanted him to die <laughs> in this movie yeah. because of how callous he was with the other lives, the cops who got shot in the diner, his partner, um, um, the way not so much the way he handled when he went in that house and started filming stuff. But even that, when, when he hid the fact that he saw the two people that actually did it, he hid that to further his goals. Yep. Uh, I was like, this guy is just, he's just a bad guy. And for me, what bothered me the most was at the end when nothing happened to him. With all the horrible stuff, like Bill Paxson looks at him and knows this happened because of what he did. He knew it. He figured it out. And Roz, when he's lying there, he set him up to get killed. And and he ended up being successful as a result of all the death that he caused. And I just hated that. I wanted him to die so bad. I wanted somebody to kill him. That's because we, we all have the ex, like the Terminator movie. This guy's a Terminator. If you, if you put him in that movie and he's an unrelenting machine that just goes through the movie and does whatever he wants. Well, and, 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 and they flip the expectations because your movie brain is going, this guy's going to die. He's so horrible. He's going to die. And it turns out he just got more and more successful. No, I didn't think he was. I wanted yeah. him to. I wished he did. But well, I didn't there think should he be was. a sequel. There should Because he was be getting away with such awful things. Just awful, awful. And first of all, forget, you know, and I know we always got to spend our disbelief because I like comic book movies. So Ralph will throw that out there. But the fact that the guy is in the house with all those people dead, he gets in there and films it before the cops show up. 
and the interrogation scene with the cops is five minutes long and they let him go. I want to know what planet that would ever happen with that. If someone did what that guy did, would that ever happen with somebody? Never well, in a billion years. No, that's another angle that the movie, you can look at the movie and John, you are, you are going to love this one. There's a way to read this movie that's about, it's a, it's a portrayal of the entitlement of white men and how they get what that's, they get. That's what I got. Uh, Drew, the, at the end of the movie, I said, if you're white in America, you can get away with it. You know what, John? And which I didn't is, want to say this. Yeah. I didn't want to say this, but a con man crook got elected <laughs> to the presidency of the Joe United Biden States. Joe Biden is not a con man, Ralph. That yeah, is exactly. Exactly. So this came, out in, this came out in 2014, and it's showing oh, the, how, how people wrap their heads around a guy who's successful. He's successful. I'm not saying I, I hated the character. I hated what he did to his partner. I hated what he did to Bill Paxton, everybody. Mm. But, I, I, you know, there was something likable about his just Terminator-like attitude about business and the fact that he's just going to do whatever he has to do. Yeah, I didn't find he, anything. I didn't find anything about his character likable. No, he's, he's not. But it's well, fascinating. You just said it. You just it, said it. I said he's fascinating to watch. Yeah. Oh, he was. Now, who saw his, this his, movie? Who saw this movie when it came out? I, I never saw it before. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. When I came first, out on uh, Halloween, I think. Yeah. When I first saw this movie, I liked it more than I did this time. Yeah, it's a spitfire grill for me because it was cool to see Jake, you know, play this really awesome, especially when it had his hair up. Yeah, I love how, like, before he races. That was, like, way cool because he sounded like a biker that would go tour France, you know, in his bike. But, uh, you know, this time when I watched it. 37 Gears, though. He, that's yeah. What yeah. Sure. <laughs> and the guy's like, really like no. <laughs> but he only he he won a race. Did he say he won a race? With he it? only I stole that bike. He did that to get his video camera for the next. No, no it was noble why he stole the guy's. Totally bike. noble. I'm not, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I don't dispute that, Ralph. It was, yeah. it was, it was absolutely a noble thing. But here's uh, here's my problem. Watch. So basically, I just. I don't, you know, because. You know, I've done my studies of sociopaths, as many people have, and they're usually better at imitating human. I don't believe. How old do you think his character was in this film? That's thirty-five. You think that old? I don't. I didn't think that old. I saw maybe late. 20. I thought he was like thirty-five. I see when he gets arrested. Really a guy like that who has been living yeah, a life of crime. You know, you were saying he would never have walked out of there, right? I can't believe that he had not had like oh no rap sheet a hundred arrests prior yeah. to this. Yeah, well again and he's so, he's doing small things and he's a white man, so yeah. he's not going to be a susceptible. Eventually, you may not get charged, but you'll get. I mean, you may not get go to jail, but you'll still get arrested. You know, I just can't believe that he just was. You know, as great as he was, I think he was terrific. So this so may be I. the last film I've seen him in, also in the theater, like Rene Russo. You know, I, I did you see Prisoners that he was in? That's the Hugh Jackson on video. Prisoner, Spider Man: oh. Far From Home. I mean, he was Magneto. Yeah, not Magneto, Mysterio. Mysterio. I don't see all the. I see one comic book movie a year, and I didn't see that one. Mm. But I just felt, you know, that he was too old to be this so fully functioning at the level he was. You know, at the weird level he was. You know, I think he would have. Um, if he's that much of a sociopath, he would have been better at imitating normal humans by then. Had this character been 23 to 25? I mean, I'm not getting, I'm not, you know. Splitting hairs? I, okay, I am splitting hairs. But I think he's a little too old, looked a little well, too Well, Renee old. Russo's character said that she was twice his age. So. Yeah. Yeah. How old is Renee nice. Russo? She's, she's got to be like in her 40s. Well, in 2000, no, she was older than that in 2014. Yeah, I yeah, thought she was terrific. She's probably yeah. in her mid fifties. I mean, there's all, listen, yeah. you know, it's that's my that's a quibble, but yeah. to me, it, it that's what I was really thinking about while I was watching it. Do you I think, really liked the film. I mean, I forgot. You, I I knew the guy died, the partner died, but I forgot. Uh, the I was forgot what excuse he would use. He didn't like die of COVID. I mean, he was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I forgot exactly, you know, all the details and all, but. You know, but I knew the arc of it because I had seen it. But I, I mean, but do you think the movie? Okay, so we have the character of uh, Jake, who's you know psychopath, sociopath, whatever. Do you think they were hitting us over the head too much about if it if it bleeds, it leads? 
No. How the news that's is corrupted. True. That part of it, I, I, that's the part of the story I really liked. That she um, would be that maniacal about what yeah, she wanted to put I on. I did. I liked that. Yeah. I did to like that. That rung a little bit too to me, that was on my head. Too, too it was more yeah. about the news and what they will put on yeah. and uh, what people will watch. I like yeah. that part of the story. I, that, that's like, it's like some of the stuff, uh, I don't know. You know what? My problem is with, with his character. It's like some of the stuff, I think it would have been better if he wasn't a, a, a murderer. I think it would have been a really interesting story on its own without that part of it. Um, cause it just made him so unlikable to me. Well, but I know, but that's without that. He's well, an anti hero. Yeah. Yeah. An anti hero. Uh, J- uh, Bateman in American Psycho was an anti hero, and I liked him better than Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he was that's killing more people than Jake Gyllenhaal in the news. Tell me more. But, yeah, but, but I this, wish I, I had yeah, newsies. Newsies. That's right. He was in newsies. Um, <laughs> no, I got, I got to address that issue about people wanting to see that stuff on the news. Okay. That gory stuff. Yeah. And I think that last night was it had a bizarre occurrence last night. I'm driving home from a poker game and I and it was late. It was maybe 11 o'clock and on 95 coming up 95. Wait a minute. minute. Can we go back to you were coming from home from poker game at 11 o'clock? I want to hear more about that. Well, it's just a poker game. Did you win, baby? I, I was I was. Close to winning. But, uh, <laughs> she was victory adjacent. <laughs> All right, so you're coming home on 95. Yeah, chick, there chick, was a six-car pileup, including a truck. Oh. A truck. Did you and take I your camera this. out? Did you videotape it? Well, that's what I asked her. She no. called me to say what was going on. Oh, my God. So oh. I, I'm driving ahead of all the traffic, right? And uh, I did have two drinks last night, so this did occur in my head. But I'm coming up way from the traffic, go all the way to Moravia, you know where that is. And uh, I mean, the people in Afghanistan who are watching just to see if I can help with first aid because it just had occurred. Oh, none of the police came, none of the fire trucks or anything yet. So I came over to the side of the road and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be ugly. This is going to be bad, you know, and that was scary. I mean, I know first aid, but you know what I mean? I know myself and I would jump right in there to put a tourniquet on somebody if they needed it or whatever. And um, I came up on this guy and he was totally, he was turned around completely. And I said, are you okay? And he goes, are you my mom? I said, no, <laughs> but that feeling that I think most, wow. people, yeah, I think most people when they come up, up upon something that like that, that, that is a, scary feeling that you got to go in there it's not that you're looking for gore but you've got to help you know and if you people, had a, she should have filmed it I so think, what is that well okay that's i get it they're and, looking to find you know that but they're interested can they help that's why you know would you help somebody in, in going through that well you're, you're i well, mean the, that's the, a the complete uh, it's a complete opposite of of this character i mean the, the thing is he he doesn't want yeah, to he doesn't he want to guess yes. for the news He's he doesn't want to work he wants aspect, to earn money and he finds better. that he can earn money doing this and since he's so single-minded i don't think he even means to be ruthless he just is because he only has one the goal. terminator that I'm makes him you. fearless yeah the ter- it's funny you say the terminator thing because this is also part of a tradition of uh movies with la at night yeah. Terminator yeah. is one of those movies, yeah. but I mean, this definitely is on a, is on a continuum with Michael Mann's heat and collateral and stuff like that. I mean, the city really is the, the whole movie, the, the, the atmosphere of the whole movie is, is very absorbing. Most of it, almost all of it was shot at night. And I remember we were talking about seeing it in the theater when, when they had that scene where he's going into the house before the police arrive. That was the most suspenseful thing I had seen in the theater in years. I mean, it just really cranked it up. So it wasn't exactly the same watching it at home. But it's funny because, like you said, like I'm not rooting for him. But you still want to see what happens. You still see him as a character that we're following that's in danger. The same way that if you watch Psycho, you um, you watch the main character get murdered. And then when the guy that murdered her, when Norman Bates is trying to get rid of her body and the car starts to sink... And then it stops you and Norman Bates go, <gasps> and then it keeps sinking and you and Norman Bates go, oh, I'm so relieved. You yeah, just well, heard I about her five Abby minutes was ago. showing, talking about is Debbie had a human reaction. Right. He doesn't, that that. he doesn't have that. And he has no human yeah, reaction. He's a sociopath. He doesn't have that. 
whatsoever. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a, like Drew's saying, for him, it's just about money. It's just, it's just a way to make yeah. money. And he's moving Chris, bodies. He's dragging bodies around. Chris wanted to get a better shot. Chris, what did you want to say? You wanted to say something. Yeah, I just have two things. One um, directly related to the film, one not so much. You know, when you talk about the whole if it bleeds, it leads. My cousin was actually um, a cameraman at CNN back in the 90s, in the early 90s, um, maybe even late 80s, actually, um, when CNN was just really starting to, to have a presence. And he did tell me once that, like, one of the things that he found a little off-putting there was the the – Maybe not ex- not happiness, but the electricity and the excitement in the air when something terrible happened, whether it was a flood or, uh, you know, a big fire. There was an electricity, you know, yeah. there was an intensity, uh, not necessarily, hey, let's go get it. It's awesome, you know, but uh, that there was that. Um, the other part about the film is and like I mentioned before about how they're to me, I knew he was he wasn't going to get caught. I knew he was not going to die because there's this inevitability and, and, and underneath all of his, you know, uh, social so, psychopathy or whatever you want to call it, um, his, you know, his disassociation from the rest of humanity. There is this thing about, and I think it's funny, Drew, how you mentioned CEOs being psychopaths and things like that. There is a real kind of criticism or, let's take a hard look at capitalism and this whole do whatever it takes to win slash succeed no matter what, you know? And I think that that is a, you know, and it's funny because in this movie, he's like, they, they layer on the extra level of him being like having no ability to really associate in any real human way with people. But if they had twisted it just a few degrees and made him just, you know, just a really charming guy, you know, who was really great with people who just did this thing in this, you know, who just stumbled upon this in this weird way. Um, you know, in, in, in many ways, it is a success story and it's, and it's about him being, you know, a winner at all costs. And, um, you know, America really, loves a winner at all costs. That's part right. of the part of the thing. But that's part and of the thing. We love and it. I and, you know, it's said- funny, you break down the CEO thing. You know, we've learned, we've come to find out that CEOs are making 400% more than their people who are working for them. And he's got 100%. his, he's got his kid working That's for it. him who's begging for what, $75 a night that he's going to mm-hmm. make. And you know that Jake is making money hand over fist because he's getting checks every night from Renee Russo. I mean, it's a good microcosm yeah. of capitalism yeah, and news and. Even and, at the end, those three guys he hot. Well, I think it was a woman and one woman in there. Yeah. yeah. Corporation. They're interns too. They've right. got yeah. the shirts, they've got the trucks, but he's not, you know, they're interns. Right. He's not paying. So there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of undercurrents in this film that, uh, that point to a lot of different places, I think. And don't get me you wrong. Gotta buy, I mean, you you got to have money to buy a ticket to win, win the lottery. lottery. Yeah, to win the yeah. lottery. That's right. his philosophy. You know, it's a, right. by luck. Yeah. You're going to get ahead through like, uh, he no, he's not luck. He's like it's hard work for him. Here's one thing that no one mentions, like, is how he is he's human enough self aware. Like when he talks to his assistant, like when before Ralph disappeared. Right. I'm losing my, my whole you know, he says he, what he says Welcome to him before, when he's threatening his guy to get out, you know, you think I'm socially awkward with people. What if I'm not socially awkward? What if I just hate them? Right. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, he's self-aware enough to know <laughs> that he isn't just line. awkward, that he hates them. Yeah. You know, and that's what line. it takes to um, get him. Well, because he also knows that, that film, it doesn't matter. You don't, people don't yeah. have to like you to succeed. That's the whole thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, this is this is a great one of the great American movies, the way that there are there's great American novels where you watch someone you know, in the spirit of American uh, individualism and working hard and achieving something. And there's lots of people that, you know, they write the great American novel. They want to write the great American novel. And this movie, like those, those kinds of books, they interrogate the nature of our country and of who we are as people. And the answers that this movie comes up with are very dark. And they basically say that uh, our culture is transactional and it's devoid of all morality. In fact, success doesn't come to people who include empathy in that calculus right. because he doesn't care about anything except essentially in this case, winning. And so he doesn't care who he stomps over. And when at the end, that erotic scene, Rene Russo definitely is aroused by it. 
I don't know if he's aroused or if he's just playing along because he's made people very excited about what he's selling them the whole movie. I mean, well, when he's bringing her footage the first time, she's like, oh, this well, he is loved the compliment. That's power. Love the, he loved it the compliment. Power. I'm glad. That's, I'm glad that's you, the yeah. addiction of power. What some people do for that, you know, that's to, that's ego maniacal. Right, but he doesn't power. he doesn't feel any of that. He just he just wants to win. He just he, I don't I mean, I don't oh, think he, he, I don't think he goes home. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know if he enjoys it. He just says this is this is success. Like he doesn't you don't see him throughout the movie getting a better place to live. And things like that yeah. as a priority. He wants to expand the business, get more people in the business. When he's sitting in the diner interviewing Riz Ahmed, it's like he's sitting in the boardroom. Yeah. And that's so, what he yeah. really, that's yeah. what, that's how he lives it. That's the most important uh, thing to him. Yeah. And so in, in some ways, the movie is, is a great tragedy. It's also a great dark comedy. It's also kind of a horror movie. It's also a really intense thriller. I mean, it's a lot of different stuff, but it's very, very, very American. And I think that's both a compliment to the kind of filmmaking and also I think provides a, an interesting perspective on, you know, what this country is about because this is not an unrealistic story at all. So well, Ralph, you, well. it's, it's some aspects of some people who has possibly Asperger's or some kind of on the spectrum. Well, it's obviously it's hyper, you know, it's hyper, yeah. sure. you know, but yeah, uh, yeah, if you look at him as what it's saying, <laughs> but what it's saying is this is this, you're right. This is America at 2014 you know? at the time. You could probably say it even more and, you know, take it or leave it. This is the way it is. And, and that scene and, at the end, they both won. Rene right. Russo won and he won. Temporarily, and, and, I would and, like to see the sequel to this film. Absolutely. I don't know if there will be. I love the last scene, the way the director described, because it's a, a shot that cranes up as the trucks are going out into L.A. And right. he basically said it's like a virus spreading, that, yeah. that this this thing was going to spread and, you know, more and more people are going to get sucked into his life and it was going to become, you know, a disease or whatever. But Because um, he can afford a lot of people at $30 a night. Exactly. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got it all figured out. If, if but that. then there's not the end of the, his story. I mean, you never know what's going to happen to people like that have no morality. You know, are they really going to win? They're winning by what their standards yeah. of winning are. No. Right. They're, they're not, win all the time. They're put in positions of power win. all the time. Always. At the very end of the story, you know, they're not going to win. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, the not. very, very end. What do you mean? Very, very end. Or? You know. The very end in the very beginning. They're not. <laughs> What does that you mean when they're that? dead? What? Did they're you dead, have a yeah. couple of Did you have a couple of drinks before dead. the podcast? <laughs> no, I had a oh, you're talking what about is that? What is that? Some, some Jesus, punishment. You know, Grigio. Oh <laughs> nice. John, are you going to just keep smiling? Are you going to respond to some of these things? No, that no, I'm just um, so no, I'm I'm fascinated by uh, everyone's opinion. I, I respect it. I don't agree with it, but I respect. Well, it. I tell you, I think he will definitely. People can only pretend to be human beings for so long. You know, we're talking I mean? about like, talking yeah. about like he's real. I mean, it's no, not, no, but I mean his character in a I real know. world. Okay. Eventually, eventually, someone he he will he's gonna screw somebody over. And they're gonna get. I don't get know. Fired. I'm looking around now. I hate to. I'm not gonna keep okay. bringing it up, but I'm looking at people now Ghost. who are keep keep going, 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 and they're psychopaths and they're but they keep going, go. going, going. What? Let them go do their thing, man, because sometimes there's uh, come come up and I just think you this know movie, what the the, the baseline of this film is pretty is pretty strong and uh, and it's amazing. We're getting more meaning out of this conversation from this one film, which shows how powerful the actual the film oh, I think yeah. is. You know, so, well, I thought this guy was also the guy who did um, killing them softly. No, different guy. No, no. no it was, no. yeah, but for some reason, because I had just watched what? that and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is the same guy, but it wasn't. Oh, that's but another. But the themes joke. are very, the themes, yes. the themes are very yes, That's right. Yeah. I mean, How about this? Guy. Ghost. You know, when, when that evil guy was, uh, killed Patrick Swayze, uh, yeah. what happened to him at the end of his life? All got They all get dragged up, but that was, yeah. Chris, you were going to send of, uh, killing them softly gonna- as a whole screed on capitalism. Well, the thing is, it's funny because when I watch this film, uh, killing me softly, uh, killing them softly, especially the final line in that movie where he's right. like, "America is a business now." Right. Give me pay. my effing money, right? right. Yeah, right. Um, effing pay me, yeah. You know, he's like, it's that's Brad anyway, Pitt, by the way. It, yeah. yeah, and it's he says impression. that. And <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that like, and while you know, and, and let me be clear, um, you know, I, I believe that capitalism is 
is a good thing. I believe that, you know, Breathe. it, it, it no. doesn't, it actually, yeah, that the, there's a lot to it, but it, you know, it rewards people for hard work in most cases, but not in all cases. In fact, a lot of people can work their whole lives and never get any farther than they were when they started. Um, yet right. I think certain people get, you know, are, it's, it's, it's great for certain people as opposed to others. But at the same time, I'm going to throw this out here. And, and don't get me wrong. I understand we have tons and tons of social. Uh, oh, my God. I can't believe I was just getting off into some kind of weird political thing. Anyway, sorry. I'm going to stop. But um, no, continue, please. Yeah, why? The movie no, is very just, political. Let's get no, into I was the sexual round. I was just going to say essentially this. It's like, you know, I've, I've read things like, uh, you know, The Fountainhead. And uh, Atlas Shrugged and those kinds of things. And, yeah, I know I spent a lot of time on that last one, too. Um, The point being is that, you know, the kind of the kind of idea that Ayn Rand was putting forth, you know, I I figure this guy probably read a lot of Ayn Rand if he read anything. Right. He was truly like, hey, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do my thing. And if anyone gets in the way, if I do it better than anyone else. I'm going to push everyone out of the way. And, and there's an element. Now it's hypercharged, right? But, but at the same time, it's like he's this ultimate, you know, he's always talking in business terms. He's always talking, you know, you took away my negotiating power and all this kind of stuff. And he, he's, he's talking in all these business terms. And I think that rightly or wrongly, I mean, I think that's what the, the movie is trying to do. It's trying to, you know, hold up a, a mirror or a light to that attitude. That, that a lot of people have. And, you know, I've seen it in the jobs that I've had. I've never been a salesperson, but I've worked with plenty of salespeople. And I see guys do things that make me go, you just lied to that guy. You know, you straight up lied to them to make a sale. You told them it could do something and it can't. And since I'm on the other side of things, like the management side, like the account management side, I'm like, now I've got to fix it. You know, and so there have been times I look at that and it's obviously a much smaller, lower level than this. You know, some of these guys, they were not, you know, they were perfectly nice people, but pushed to a push to a certain limit where they had to make their numbers. They did whatever they did to make their numbers. Call you know, that's, I mean, that's what, that's what the whole that's what the whole movie is is saying. I mean, uh, and I mean, there's, there's does a- not succeed by being better than everybody else. He succeeds by mm-hmm. sabotaging your van. And blackmailing you and, uh, and breaking the law and dragging bodies around and stuff. And that, mm-hmm. that's what makes success happen. And like that, that the movie is well, very, everybody except the cops enable him to one degree or well, even, even, the guy even that they make like you were saying earlier, illegal stuff. everybody around him is complicit, including his partner, the kid who ends right. up getting, yeah. Yeah. yeah, because the whole time he's the moral center. He's going, you can't do this. We can't yeah. do this. Why? But he, every time he'd get up, he'd take the camera and do what he had to do. Right. And he did whatever Jay told him. Now we threatened him a couple of times. I mean, literally threatened him with violence. Never lifted a finger, but got the message across. And, and everybody was complicit because everybody needed money. The kid right. needed money to get out of the garage. Renee Russo needed it to get to stay, keep her position. Everybody around him needed the yeah. money that he was making. And if he, they all become complicit. Now, my question is, based on what I said, the director said about a virus going out. I think his attitude is negative about He's he, he's trying to say something about American capitalism and the news media and all that and you using. Think? Yeah. And and using Jake's <laughs> crazy sociopathy as a way to say that. And, yeah. you know, I think uh, he said what he had to say. Well, Ralph, let's look at one thing. Even the editors were complicit. They're all like complicit. At one time, there's that one scene and he's sitting there. And he turns to the video editor and makes Jerry Clance. Right. Like, oh, right. No, that editor, that editor was responsible for a couple of things going on, too. I mean, yeah. yeah. So and I'll tell you one thing I really loved was when she was guiding the anchors. Oh, they yeah. Constantly say, like, right hit it right again, hit the news. violence, yeah. hit the fear, yeah. hit yeah. the violence. It, show, yeah. and it, shows, it shows how beautifully they just flow right in. I mean, it's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a great scene. I mean, and that's a, good, a skill. A and that's that a skill. And skill. they that's really do that. You know they really yeah. do Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody well, else have guys, anything else? You guys have uh, interesting jobs being editors because there is so much to this film that you could comment on. You know what yeah. I mean? Just Listen, I was digging all the technical, the cam- the first camera he got to the second camera that Bill Paxton <laughs> right. had. Sure. There was a lot of cool stuff going on. <laughs> and this is the early days of, you know, Dropbox and FTP sites and all that stuff yeah. that Bill Paxton was bringing yeah. up. It's always fun to see that tech a few years later. 
Um, you know, but some of the stuff he was shooting with that little camera he had would never look as good as it looked in the thing. I mean, that's, true. that's you know, that's part of the fakery of it all. But well, that, that scene, me, that, that his, sorry, his, his, uh, godfather shot the film. He was a director of photography. Who's and it was godfather? his godfather that did that last scene at the end of him sitting at the anchor desk. Yeah. He just did that as a lark. He goes, let me put Jake at the desk and let's get some creepy shots of him sitting behind in front of the big uh, L.A. Uh, mural thing that was back. It looks so back. real yeah. on TV. looks so real. Yeah. Right. Uh, I just I and, and the Gilroy's, you know, I'm a big <clears throat> fan of uh, Michael Clayton, which I think was edited by the same guy directed by, I think, Tony. Um, they just really they 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 got their finger on a lot of stuff, and it's uh they're, they're, it's it's fun to watch. To me, that line it looks so it looks so real on TV is so resonates because have any of you been to a concert like right before COVID closed them all, and you'll see it's like half the people there are watching it. They're they're watching yeah. it through their phone. Listen, yeah. I don't want to bring it up again, but the thing that happened on January sixth, what you heard a lot of people yeah. saying as they were walking around, where they were going, "This is like a movie." Right. Yeah. It's like we're on a movie, and you think about all the kids now who are just videotaping from the minute they're born right up until they're, you know, we're going to have so much footage. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, but and, it's uh, like the band is right literally in front. I know, of but I mean, that's, and you're you watching them through your phone. But that's the whole idea. If it's not real until you see it on TV. I mean, there is yeah. that. Like even when I do a show for National Geographic, if I see my credit in the room, I don't care. But if I see it on TV, that means, you know, oh, it's out right. there. So it's, it's oh, they give you credits. My division never gets credits. Well, it's it only up for like two and a half seconds, but it's yeah. there. Whatever. Anyway, uh, anything else before we rate this puppy? I do want to say one thing. Um, Bill Paxton, an American treasure lost yeah. too soon. There are so many roles that he's in that when he's in them, you're like, well, nobody else could do this yeah. across all he kinds of, whether great. it's aliens or a simple plan or Edge of Tomorrow or, or this movie. It's not a big role, but you remember it and it's a Bill Paxton role. And, yeah. uh, he's, he's one of the, the great pleasures of he's, this movie. Yeah. He was a treasure. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if I had anything, it's it's interesting to me, Drew, that you, you found this to be like a real thriller of a film. You've mentioned that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, and maybe it's just because I, I kind of knew what was going on. I knew the film. I'd read about it and stuff like that before I had seen it. I did not see it in the theater. Obviously, mm-hmm. I just watched it. Um, but for me, it was like, you know, and I've come back to this a couple of times that it was like, you know, they wrote it. He had a, he had what he wanted to say about the news media, about capitalism. He was going to use this. And there was an inevitability that for me, quite honestly, sapped almost any, any tension out of the film. To me, it just felt like, you know, we're on this train. I know where it's going. Right. And that's probably my only real criticism of the movie. Yeah. That's funny. When it's, when I, I, I did a- not, I didn't, I was like, he's not going to get into a car accident. When yeah, I heard no, about I, this I film, he's totally going to get away with this because uh, it's so bad. That's what they I had the same with. reaction. John had the reaction when he found out this was Nightcrawler, the title, that this is more in line with the other the cult movie thing we do. Because when I remember this thing coming out, I thought it was going to be a freak show. Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal, crazy. And that first scene you mentioned where he jumps on the guy kind of set up that something bad's mm-hmm. going to happen. But he, he was so subtle about the way bad things happen. Kind of subtle. Not, you know, he never quite he never did anything. He he manipulated situations to make other people die. Short of cutting the brake lines in yeah, that family. Cutting the right? brakes really wasn't that's, I guess that's pretty I wouldn't call that that's subtle. Not very well, subtle. I think I think like if you don't if you don't find a movie suspenseful, I mean everybody reacts differently. But to me, I, I knew we were doomed because that's what the movie is saying. But yeah. I think well, writing for me time. personally, writing the suspense to that point was also completely suffused with dread. Yeah. And dread is a thing that I love in movies. If you can pull off that atmosphere, I find it's very absorbing. It's, it's, it can be any genre. And so it really was in a way, uh, the whole watching a car accident thing. Yeah. And you okay. know what you're going to see, but you're going to look anyway. And that I love that line. The he deliberate does. vibe of the movie. <laughs> he did that line at the end of the, uh, interrogation where he looks up into the camera and says, I guess I'm the last person you don't want to see. Yeah, if you see me, if you see me, like the worst day of your life, yes, you're, so right. you're not having a good day. Yeah. And he looks looks up at the security camera and says, "That's in black and white. It's pretty strong." Unlike the Joker, I mean, you think about the Joker that came out, the Todd Phillips. I film. don't. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, but that's again, I don't think about that, you know, nihilism and, and all this stuff wrapped in a human being. And that's what I think Jake Gyllenhaal kind of brought to the table. No, I thought it was, I thought it was king of, king of comedy and uh, taxi driver wrapped into a um, sense of inevitability. Okay. It's funny. It's funny you say that because um, I, I read some articles about uh, Dan Gilroy and apparently he's been trying to make some version of this movie for many years, like back into the eighties. And he, he wanted to make a movie about this uh, photographer from New York in the Mm forties called Ouija. Yeah. Ouija just took really incredible photographs of real life, often horrible things of New York at night. And so he was trying to make that into a movie. And then I think oh. it was called The Public Eye. Yeah, Joe yeah, Pesci. Yeah. It was a little too similar. And then he spent several more decades, which usually isn't good. That's how you get Gangs of New York, if you, you let it cook too long. <laughs> but he spent several more decades being influenced by movies like King of Comedy and Taxi Driver and What's That Vibe That I Want. And he made a movie that I think is definitely in in that tradition. But it is interesting that it was inspired by a real man who did yeah. real things to create wow. these real images yeah. uh, at any cost. <clears throat> so, yeah. Oh. I knew Nightcrawlers, it was going to be creepy like that, you know. But that's the actual name. It's funny because that's the name of the guys who want right. to run and shoot. Uh, right. That's, oh, that's, really? It's true. Yeah. 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 And they call them Nightcrawlers. Yeah. I didn't They're know. not just worms yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's rate it. Uh, Sean and Debbie. Loved it. So, Yippie Kaye. Yeah, okay. John? I barrels or thumbs up. I gave it a Yippie Kaye. Meh. I thought the performance was great, but uh, that's what I would watch it for. Just for the, his performance, right. he was Chris. great in it. I, I this is new. We've never, at least I've never yeah. been. Well, it's new for you. It's either Yippie Kai, yeah, Yippie Kai, nay, or eh, Yippie Kai. You know, meh. I'm gonna go with Yippie Kai. Yay! Okay. You know, I don't do the, don't, I don't, was... don't do the thing at the end though, Chris, with your high voice. Don't do that. That was <laughs> no. <laughs> Yippie Kai. Yay! That's his thing. I say Yippie yeah. Kai. I'm assuming Drew's a Yippie Kai since he brought it. But uh, good but, guess. Yeah, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, a good film. I think it's yeah, uh, absolutely. I think down it's, capitalism. I saw right, a lot of reviews on this. A lot of nines, nines out of tens, tens out yeah. of tens. So. All right. Here we go. We're going to do a little uh, for the next show. So oh, we got Ralph. Girl, look at that. Ralph's yeah. in there again. So I got to oh, drop. Uh, I got to drop Chris. Got to drop Drew. Yeah. And you. Nope. I'm in. Yeah, that's not fair. So there you go. Fair oh, that's capitalism for you. There show. you go. <laughs> no, that's dictatorship. Is All right. Is. Yeah. They're Sean. not mutually exclusive. Um, he's going to bring that angel movie he talked about. I think. Possibly. There's one other possible choice. i got to check and see if that angel movie is readily streamable. Okay. But I'm also thinking maybe a classic from the early, um, the late 30s or very. Oh, oh my no. goodness. Okay. Well, we got You got a little time to tell us. Just give us a heads up and. uh let us know on HBO Max. So oh. everyone have HBO Max. They have a very deep yeah. catalog. I mean, they impressed. do. Their hubs are great. Yeah. 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 All that yeah. Warner They're stuff. Good. So, all right, folks. Uh, good job, Drew. Nice film. Thank you guys. Yeah. Um, we'll see you in a, see in a little bit. Uh, everybody, what's that? Great discussion. I thought. Yep. yep. It was everybody have a safe couple of weeks, a week, whatever. And uh, we'll see you back in the next one. <laughs> <laughs>